that's a that's a hams ladies and gentlemen uh boys and girls matt dan how you guys doing i am drinking a castle danger uh north shore lager and i'm doing quite Ooh. well i don't know if i've ever had the north shore lager it's not one of their better beers but what's great about it uh is that uh uh, it doesn't change that much in the can. Fair enough. Dan? It's an absolute ringing endorsement of the uh, the North Shore Lager. And and definitely a great step forward on our uh, trying to get Castle Danger to sponsor the pod. Yeah, Just fucking AMJ. <laughs> uh, we have our beer sponsor. That's true. We do. We do. And I would never do anything to jeopardize our relationship with Christian. Uh, one, he's a stand-up gentleman. And two, he makes a hell of a beer. Uh Perfect. Yeah, stuff's good. Stuff's good. I'm uh, I'm drinking water after having consumed uh, a fair amount of uh, the Nick Offerman scotch, the Nick Offerman eleven uh, Lager Boulevard eleven yesterday. So, uh, damn. I, I highly recommend it. it is a I, look when they first put it out. I was like, ah, oh, this is a stunt whiskey. Like it's a it's a promo thing, and it's not. It's a straight up good whiskey that happens to have uh, Nick Offerman's over serious visage on the front. But uh, I highly recommend it if you're in the market. Glorious Cooler Bunkers 2020. We are the names you know. This is You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. podcast uh quarantine edition um we haven't had minnesota united soccer to talk about in jesus christ over two months now two and a half months something like I think we're that. coming in on 10 weeks yeah 10 weeks um since we last were able to re- re- uh, recap a minnesota united match that might be changing sometime soon ish we'll talk about that uh but first uh memorial day weekend you guys uh, do anything fun to celebrate memorial day weekend as I mentioned uh, in the What Are You Doing to Survive Run a bit last week, uh, there was the big uh, Morris convention, uh, this Morris dancing convention this weekend. So tuned in for a couple of sessions of that, uh, which is to say I skipped all of them about dancing, but uh, went to the annual scotch tasting, uh, which actually, so, you know, in previous years, like it was an actual scotch tasting and you bring a bottle to share. And that's always fun. You can taste some great scotch that way. This ended up being like, probably about 45 people, each of whom had a bottle and then told a story about like why that bottle was meaningful to them when they got it, et cetera. And it ended up being just awesome. So uh, I'm definitely thinking about uh, trying to, to repurpose that with some intentionality, like pick a bottle of something that means a lot to you and then come ready to tell a story about it. That's, re- that's really cool. Uh, my favorite thing I did was uh, I got to hang out with my nephew, uh, just phone call and we played some online chess and talked about uh documentaries that he was watching right on yeah i we my parents have been desperate to see their grandkid uh since um you know the last time they saw him was probably like right around valentine's day uh 
And so they came, they, you know, my parents only live a couple miles south of me. So we came, they came over and we socially distanced on Sunday and had uh, had lunch and they were, you know, they had their mask on, were able to hold Ragnar and all that. So they were very, very excited about that. <laughs> uh, the problem with uh, all this stuff. So my dad was laid off or furloughed from his job. He works at uh, St. Thomas. He's a big, he's the baker at St. Thomas and he was furloughed because obviously they don't have any kids or, stuff happening on campus all summer. So like, we don't really need someone to bake, bake goods when there's really going to be nobody on campus to bake goods for. Um, but now he has all this time. Um, and I'm not complaining about my father wanting to help do a bunch of shit around our house, but it's also like, he, he's been calling me. I think my father has called me seven times in the last day and a half. And my father, and I used to talk on the phone maybe once every three or four weeks. Uh, my dad's not a phone user. Um, mostly like anything I needed to know about from my dad came via my mom when we would talk on the phone. Uh, but yeah, now my dad like just calls me all the time and is like, oh, we should fix that thing on your dryer. We should do this thing. And again, not complaining about having an active father who wants to help, uh, but he's got all this time now. And I'm just like, all right, well, we're going to figure out how to put that to the best, the best use possible. But I also realize that that is a it's a slippery, a slippery slope and a, and a to mix, to mix metaphors, a slippery slope and a, a very uh, double-edged sword in terms of. That's a that really go. bad combination. Double-edged sword <laughs> and a slippery slope is, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yep. Yep. So again, not complaining, but love my father, love that he, this is what he wants to do. And I really appreciate it, but it's also like, you can just see like me losing my shit at some point. So I'm trying, I'm going to try to avoid <laughs> best not to lose my shit so um so yeah so if you guys uh this is our patreon pitch if you like if you listen to this podcast if we apparently so chris litholm um is it chris litholm i think he put out a tweet uh talking about all the different podcasts we got a bunch of followers on twitter uh, people that i have no idea who the hell they are and if maybe they are listening to this podcast for the first time so i'm gonna do the patreon pitch patreon.com backslash Dave's i know to help support the Dave's that you know we do all this really good stuff um we actually are also as alluded to in the cold open, um, we partner with Hot Clouds to provide some beer for our Patreon subscribers. Um, you can get involved for as little as three dollars a month, um, all the way up to twelve bucks a month. Um, we're having discussions now about the uh, Dave's I Know beer, which hopefully will be out in the fall. Uh, probably once we get back to playing matches and maybe Allianz. Um, obviously, Sans fans, uh, but it would be a really great opportunity if you want to get involved. Patreon.com backslash Dave's I Know to help support the Dave's that you know. And the other thing I actually just started last week, um, actually I threw it out on MailChimp. I, I created a Dave's I Know newsletter um, where I highlighted the, the writing stuff that I did, but also some other um, stuff that, you know, out, out on the internet uh, throughout the watch party links. So we're doing, Dave's I Know are doing watch parties for Zoom watch parties, or we call them the Dave's I Know speakeasies for Bundesliga matches um, for the time being. I mean, ideally probably, Maybe we'll do them for EPL when EPL comes back and maybe Serie A when Serie A comes back. But anyways, just, an, just a couple hours where we're all, we all can get together. We can chat. Um, the fun, you guys can to talk, to talk about it a little bit, but like the fun things about these is that we don't ever really talk about soccer. I mean, we maybe talk about like soccer, like 10, 15% of the time. It's mostly just like shooting the shit. Uh, someone mentioned something cool that they're doing. And then there's like a 20 minute conversation about that cool thing that uh, people are doing. So um, highly encourage people to do those. It's, it's, it, it doesn't, it's not the same experience as going to the black heart at eight 30 in the morning to watch a soccer match, but it's close. 
it's as as close as we can get right now in terms of doing that. So um, I'm gonna throw those out. So I've actually created a uh, Substack newsletter, totally free. Uh, just uh, the Dave's I know dot Substack dot com. Um, you can sign up there. I'll throw out a, a one or two a week. Um, definitely do a weekly newsletter. But if we ever gonna be doing some midweek um, soccer watch parties, like we will be doing for I'll have a feed up for tomorrow for the for the Bundesliga stuff. Um, that is where you can find it. So sign up days. I know dot say it's uh, sorry, Dave, the days I, the days I know dot substack.com. If you want to get that totally free, um, not planning on charging anything for that, but also we'll highlight some, all the, I'm trying to do more writing on the stupid website. If you guys want to write for our stupid website, you guys are more than welcome to let me know. Um, MJ, you may actually still have a login. <laughs> so yeah, but will I remember it? But the, 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 I, I do have a couple things that I was working on uh, that are, are still viable uh, soccer issues from back in the day. All right, man. So Write some shit. And if you are a listener of this podcast and you want to write some shit, hit me up on, on Twitter. You can DM the Dave's I know uh, at TDAKMN um, if you want to write some stuff. Uh, Bridget McDowell, uh, the, the woman, the myth, the legend, um, started as a contributor to the Dave's I know. And now she's like, the like deputy editor at switch the pitch uh and is like a fancy big wig soccer writer person so um and a regular on that thing called the minnesota football show yeah dreams can be made by you know working with the daves so all right let's um let's actually talk about so now that that uh self-promoting bullshit is over um what the hell happened uh this weekend so we have a few things um Let's start with the Premier League. Uh, the they gave the so today the green light was given for contact training. Uh, the contract contact training. It was very like the way it was described in the in the uh, NBC Sports article I read was very vague. Anywhere from like two to four to twelve different people. I think that's very like that's that's uh, like intentional. Do you guys have any any thoughts on on that? Have you read anything about it? Yeah, I mean, this is, it coincides with the UK as a whole moving to its phase two of its of the reopen program, um, which was largely overshadowed by uh, the Dominic Cummings controversy that we will not get into on this podcast. That is for uh, the chaps I know, the British politics podcast that we all co-host, <laughs> but somehow never talk about on this podcast. Um, honestly, yeah, it seems, it seems like the, the specifics aren't actually that important and it's much more of a, Hey, broadly speaking, you can be training in groups. You can actually be playing football. It's not just, you know, one-on-one passes against a wall, which is totally what people were doing before. Right. You know, nobody was ever passing with a partner. Um, there, but, they were like, there's, there's video of like Oxlade Chamberlain passing, but like the, the guy was like standing like 20 feet away from him and passing my ball and he would be running and passing back through like standing mannequins or like not, not sex, not sex dolls, but like the tech. That's, like, that's a different league. That's a different tackling league. dummies. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. So yeah, I think it's less about what is and isn't allowed now and much more of a, Hey, like we're getting closer, do what you need to be doing to getting into game shape because barring any massive change of direction, I think they're going to push full steam ahead, even if it's maybe not the best idea given the tenor of the UK right now. The, and lessons learned from, from the Bundesliga, right? There's all these lessons learned about reopening and reopening too soon. And 
you know, by God, don't have your defense look like Schalke. <laughs> and also, if Solomon Kalu is involved, just tell him he's an asshole up front and don't let him into the stadium. Sure, yeah. Um, on that same note, uh, there was an article that came out basically saying that, the, I mean, they were, the UPL was targeting uh, June 12th as their date to come back. That seems like that is uh, not, not going to happen. Fly. Uh, June 19th or the 26th being probably the more likely dates. Uh, the, you know, I think they're going to try and – sounds like they're going to try and cram as many games as – like playing twice a week and, you know, get it done. So um, we'll see. Yeah, MJ, go ahead. They have five subs now. They could be playing three times a week, right? <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, got it. Uh, okay, uh, some other sort of like European FIFA news before we get to uh, some actual soccer. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that Denmark, there's a team in Denmark that's doing a large-ass Zoom meeting during their matches. So there's, yeah, they're starting at sort of, I think, the end of May here, like relatively soon, maybe even like this weekend. And they, like they saw, like, saw the pictures of like a large-ass Zoom meeting. Like they're going to like stack these videos up uh, in the, around the stands. And is that something you would – so like Minnesota United says, you know what? Fuck, we, we're not. We can't have fans. Um, we're gonna put some screens up, and then we're gonna project Zoom meetings. Like each like individual of um, a projector, and then like here's this Zoom meeting is this call number. This Zoom meeting is this call number. Is that something that you would do just to be a part of the atmosphere at Allianz Field, or fucking or Liverpool or Everton or Arsenal? Like, I mean, fuck, that might be the only time I get to be able to get to to, to uh, Anfield in the next like four or five fucking years. So I have to do it. Yeah. I'd be way more likely to do it at, for an arsenal thing. And, and cause yeah, I mean, just like you said, it's not like I'm booking tickets to London anytime soon. Um, gosh, I don't think so. I like, I'm more likely to do the cardboard cutout thing that Gladbach did. I think that's pretty cool, but like, Hey, yeah, we're going to throw you in a zoom meeting so that <laughs> like, you know, well, uh, it'll be like you're there. Like, honestly, you know what I'd rather have them do is ha- have people record the chants and then pipe that in. Uh, that I'm more into. The Zoom meeting, that's that's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. If, MJ? Yeah. If, it, if it were audio more than visual, like, I don't need to have to worry about me watching the game and then having a camera on me that may not be from the same direction that I'm watching the game and then you know having me you know finding myself in the stand and realizing I'm looking where the play isn't because the angle of my camera versus where the play is it just seems kind of uh it's something that shouldn't matter but for someone like me it's I get nitpicky about these weird things and so that just seems odd uh that you're you know basically it looks like I'm looking out onto the pitch to the players, but I'm, I'm really not, right? I, it's just there for the players to look at me, which seems like no one wants to look at me. Um, Fair, yeah. When, when I was talking to everyone, that, it's just ridiculous. So, but uh, to Dan's point about piping in uh, the chance, if they instead had a way for people at home to be able to sing and chant and have that audio from home go into the stadium, that would be a cool idea. Well, MJ's concerned about video angles. I am definitely picturing a screenshot of two people who are legitimately watching the game, 
but it looks like they're just absolutely staring directly at each other in the crowd because that's the way the angle works. Yeah, see, yeah. like that just seems silly to me. Fair, fair. I so I I told my wife like for my fortieth birthday I, I wanted like go to Anfield, and my birthday is like at the end of May. It's in actually it's literally next Sunday. So I'm never going to be able to see like a match on my birthday or near my birthday. It's going to have to be like sometime in May, probably towards the end of the year or whatever. Um, so we'll see if that actually happens again, but I'm guessing I probably won't get a chance to get to Anfield until yeah, 2025 or something like that. So maybe I'll bring Ragnar to his first game ever at uh, Anfield. So, uh, all right. So there's actually, there was again, more soccer played this weekend. I'm going to just pow- I'm going to power through all these games. Um, and then we can, uh, like we can jump back and talk about, cause there's, some of these games were worth talking about, some were not. So let me just get through all the scores, and then we can jump around and, and all that. So on Friday, Hertha uh, beat Union Der- uh, uh, Berlin in the uh, Berlin Derby, four to nothing. Bummer. Yeah, that was MJ and I both watched that game. It was it was depressing. Uh, Werder Bremen beat Freiburg, uh, one to nothing away. Uh, Paderborn won, Hoffenheim won. Uh, Dortmund beat Wolfsburg two nothing on the road. Gladbach won, Leverkusen three. Bayern 5, Frankfurt 2, Schalke 0, Augsburg 3, Mainz 0, Leipzig 5, uh, and then Cologne uh, 2, Dusseldorf 2. Um, what's, I can, we can talk briefly. I think probably we can skip Freiburg, Paderborn, and then just touch briefly on Westburg. MJ, do you have anything you want to say about the, the Berlin Derby? Um, we watched that on Friday, Friday afternoon together. Well, it was so exciting to, to see when they were at Union, uh, Union Stadium in East Berlin, having Union win 1-0. And, and then uh, for, for this, the, the West Berlin leg, um, just to lose by such a large margin. And, and, and again, not having either Berlin's side's fans in the stadium, mm-hmm. that, that kind of combined for just being a very disappointing outing. This yeah. match really underscored for me something that I've noticed in a lot of the matches I've watched, and it is less true, I think, in EPL, and it's really not even something I've noticed in MLS, but in these games, it feels like there is a massive adjustment made at halftime. Because um, the uh, the Berlin Derby was nil-nil at half, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, and Union had played pretty well in that first half. They certainly looked more likely to score, and then all of a sudden got boat raced in the second half. And they're certainly not the only team. Um, I think it was two nil uh, at half. Was it okay? E- even so, like I'm just I'm always amazed by the uh, the teams that have come out of halftime just completely and totally flat. Um, Augsburg is another perfect. Or, I'm sorry, not Augsburg. Frankfurt is another yeah. perfect example. You know, Bayern was up two nil at half, and then they gave up the third goal. What like 46 seconds into the second half or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I won't say – I don't think there's much more else to be said about the Berlin Derby. It was the first uh, Berlin Derby in uh, West Berlin uh, in the Bundesliga, in the current Bundesliga era, which is pretty cool. Again, the fact that they're like, – that's the thing. Is like All these people are watching Bundesliga now, and it's, it's great soccer. It's amazing, like, fun, like, back-and-forth, end-to-end soccer. Um, however, the fans, like, the atmosphere at the stadiums – is what makes it like, and it's, it's every single stadium you go to for the most part, like maybe not Hoffenheim. Um, but most, uh, you know, soccer stadiums you go to in, in Germany and you just hear 
both the away and, and the, and the home fans going back and forth. It's very, it's very egalitarian um, setup that they have there. So I think people like, while they're like appreciating that there's soccer on um, there's something to watch that is not, you know, taped um, and, you know, played 20 years ago. Uh, it's, I don't think that people are getting the full um, atmosphere of Bundesliga. So, and then, and yeah, just to piggyback on that, hopefully when more soccer leagues come back, those that have enjoyed watching the, the Bundesliga brand of soccer, the, the, the style, you know, the quick paced style that, you know, may, next year when hopefully stadiums can have fans again, you know, you still watch, you know, you maybe don't watch every weekend, but you still, you still watch a few games. Like, like don't, don't just go back to your Premier League or your MLS or Liga MX or whatever and, and not watch Bundesliga. Like, hopefully we have some people that stick around. Sure, yeah. Uh, the match we watched um, with the TDAK people was uh, Dortmund uh, and Wolfsburg. And, uh, and Wolfsburg. Uh, Dortmund won that match 2-0. Um, I mean, they pretty much control it. I don't think there's anything else much more to say. Uh, other than Erling Holland, uh, the Wunderkind had a one for the ages kind of miss from like six yards out where he should have buried the ball and he just fucking just missed. So uh, is there anything else you guys want to say about that match? Dortmund just continues to look so good. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, the uh, Bayern Dortmund match. I mean, they are head and shoulders, both of them above the rest of the league. It'll be very interesting to see how they look when the competition is a little more on their level, but Dortmund's ability to turn defense into attack and they're, they're just lightning quick on the counter attack and it makes it really fun to watch, but we all should definitely point and laugh at Holland because that was, (laughs) that was a terrible miss. Yeah. Derek Klossiker, it's going to happen. Um, when you're listening to this today, uh, we're going to have a, I'll throw out the, like I said, that sub stack. I'm going to throw out a, a link to a watch party in there. So people should check that out. Probably throw it on the Twitter as well. Um, the other, so the Dan, you mentioned this match, uh, or you alluded to this match. Uh, Munchen Gladbach, uh, one Leverkusen three. Um, Kai Herberts uh, continues his astonishing pace and um, what might get more money than any of either Erling Holland, Jaden Sancho right now. Uh, dude is on fire. Um, Leverkusen jumps Munchen Gladbach into um, third place in the Bundesliga. This is a, a f- the fun match because Gladbach was the, one, the team that um, actually put it out to their fans. I think it was like 20, 20 euros. Uh, you could get a cardboard cutout of yourself and put into your seat in the stadium. They had 13,000 cardboard cutouts in the stadium, as well as a banner that said um, in German, silent faces, cardboard reminders, football without fans is nothing for Borussia against games behind closed doors. So it was, it was really, really cool. A really cool atmosphere um, for that. Uh, Gladbach did not show up for this match. Uh, I guess have any other thoughts on the cardboard cutouts and or this match in particular? Yeah, like I said before, I'm definitely into it. I think it's a great uh, a great stadium trick. Uh, plus, I assume they you know once the stadiums are open, you can keep your cardboard cutout and it'll be a nice little thing you could terrify burglars with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I like I, I'm very sensitive to a lot of the German fans. Uh, uh, I don't even know what a good word for it is. Um, anger is, is certainly part of it. Um, unease at these games being played. I think they feel like they're being betrayed. But at the same time, like, 
I don't know, is you look at uh, the, the protests going on in France among owners, not among like actual you know, civilians. That needs to be specified because France often has regular protests um, <laughs> about how angry they are that their season was completely canceled when maybe it didn't need to be. I, I still lean towards closed door games being the better path. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the only other game I kind of want to highlight that you guys have anything else is the uh, Mainz uh, Leipzig match. Um, not only did uh, future Liverpool signing Timo Werner score a hat trick in this game, uh, Mainz pumped in crowd noise uh, for the match, which, you know, I, I didn't watch this match in particular. I sat Sunday morning. I was, I think I was a little hungover. I didn't, I didn't watch it much soccer on Sunday morning, um, but they pumped in crowd noise for the match. It actually, like, when I like watched the highlights and listened to the highlights, it, it sounded, you know, like relatively normal. So, I mean, kudos to the audio engineer for try, trying to mix it. Again, they didn't ever have to, like, pump up the volume because of a Mainz goal because Mainz didn't score any goals in the game. Uh, so, so there's that. But, um, but it was interesting. And I think it, it you know, we've to- we're, I've definitely heard talks about the NFL, like, pumping in crowd noise for their games. It's, I mean, with baseball, Dan, you and I, big baseball fans, I know MJ is too. Like we could, you could easily like have like a drone of baseball noise underneath most things. And then like crowd noise pump up with like the crack of the bat or whatever, that would be something that would be relatively, I think, I mean, it would be a job. It would be hard, but I think it'd be something that's doable. It's a little harder with soccer because you don't necessarily like the ramping up of crowd noise is really dependent on like how things are, are developing and all that baseball's a little easier crack of the bat crowd goes wild you know it starts getting bigger or whatever so i don't know you guys have any thoughts on that the home crowd screams for every fly ball because they think it's a home run because <laughs> no Snap. one watches no one watches the outfielders watch the fucking outfielders it's my all-time favorite vin scully quote the home fans watch fly balls with their hearts and yeah it's it's totally true um so, point of clarification on this. Did they pump it into the stadium? Like, could players hear it? Or was it just on the broadcast? Because I thought it was just the broadcast. I thought it was in the stadium. I thought, so, I thought players could hear it. But I could be wrong. I, I didn't – everything I read, I didn't hear anything. I didn't read anything specifically that said one way or the other. So, I just – I just assumed it was in the stadium. No. We, I'm looking at okay. this right now. And it was just on US TV, it looks like. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, Interesting. So, so, in other words, if I had been at that stadium, I would hear nothing, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, all the players could hear you booing, MJ. Just yeah. absolute in pristine, pretend 1080p audio. Again, why I care more about pumping in audio from fans than you know, video. Honestly, but, if they were going to pump in uh, out external crowd noise, they should do the woman from... Uh, Princess Bride. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Boo! One woman just piercing through the otherwise silent stadium. Every so time the away team scores, you know. That actually, <laughs> actually, that raises some questions. Like, was that Mainz crowds that they were pumping in? And if so, like, what were they choosing to use? And, and when were they choosing to use it? Because uh, I could see, I mean, I could see, like, a team like, you know, Minnesota being like, oh, yeah, we're going to pump it in, and then just, like, totally not using any of the, like, negative stuff that we yell at the team because we yell that regularly at the team. Um, so I, I guess I, I much more trust the, the, the broadcasters 
and the national broadcasters more so than the the local broadcasters to actually do it. So, um, was there anything else you guys want to talk about from the uh, from the matches this week? Uh, I'll end with uh, I was surprised that Paderborn and Hoffenheim both scored a goal. <laughs> That's very legitimate. Uh, the legend of Alfonso Davies is only growing. Uh, yeah, that is good. He's super good. And he was obviously good in MLS, but there was, I think, some very serious, or, or not serious, but legitimate questions about could he make the jump to a, a, a league like uh, the Bundesliga, let alone a team like Bayern. And what he has shown is the answer is yes. Yes, 100%. with a bullet. He is, I mean, he's a starter on that team. I can't see anybody unseating him for a long time. He is an incredibly talented player. Yeah. Um, I was, I'll throw out there that home teams uh, are three Three wins, five draws, and ten losses uh, <laughs> since they restarted with uh, with no fans, um, which is a, a interesting stat. Obviously, very small sample size. Uh, we'll see if, if things like even out over the course of the rest of the year, and if there if this is something that um, stays the same throughout, you know, uh, La Liga and, and EPL and Serie A and, and all that. But it's a, I mean, that, that, if nothing else, that shows that you know the home crowds me like our you know they keep saying the 12th man the 12th man the 12th man and we always you know kind of like poo poo it um especially stats people people are interested in in stats it's like oh no the better team wins um yeah <laughs> Dan, me and, yeah dan and i like better team wins all the time it's like well maybe not maybe it's uh, uh or maybe it is actually this is the better team winning because it you know the home crowd actually um makes a difference so so that's interesting. And then uh, I'll just throw the, this towards the end here. Um, and we'll help. My, my goal is to get this podcast up tonight uh, so people can listen to it first thing in the morning. Uh, good matches coming up um, this week. Actually, today, if you're listening to this, Dear Classicer kicks off at 11.30 Central Time. That is a made-up name for a derby between Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Um, it's not actually a derby. It's just a made-up uh, Bundesliga uh, thing. Um, but that is a really – it's – one versus two. If, if Dortmund wins that match, it's, it's in Dortmund. Uh, if Dortmund wins that match, they will be one point behind Bayern Munich um, for the, the Bundesliga championship. They're the last team to win the Bundesliga. And that was eight years ago, I think, eight last years ago, time. Yep. When not uh, with Jurgen Klopp. So um, it would be uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big match. Uh, Leverkusen at, Wol- at Wolfsburg plays at 1.30 p.m. Uh, tomorrow as well, or today as well. And then Leipzig versus Hertha, 11.30 a.m. Um, on Wednesday. Leipzig, uh, they... So we, they beat Mainz five nothing. They beat Mainz uh, at home eight to nothing earlier in the in the year. So they they have a a plus thirteen goal differential against uh, probably relegation bound Mainz uh, this season. So and they play Hertha, who's who were the epitome of just like a yo yo team. Like they were hot, they were cold. They're hot now. They've they've gotten six points in their two matches. Uh, going to Leipzig, uh, and they need that wit. They really because they're trying to avoid relegation. So, um, so yeah, so that is uh, Bundesliga. Uh, MJ, can we jump to uh, Kaylee? Can you power through really quickly? Yeah. I'm not going to go over all six games. We'll give just, us the. We're just going to give, give, give us the us highlights. The, the highlights of some of the better teams. Uh, the Suwon Blue Wings, otherwise known as Samsung, uh, beat Incheon United one nil. Polhang Steelers, David's team. God loses, damn it! Loses one two. To FC Seoul, um, the hilarious thing about this game is that Seoul tries to lose the game within the first five minutes. At four minutes and 20-something seconds, there was a back pass that was worse than Ibsen-esque. 
that both missed. It was a back pass from like the left back to the center back and it missed the center back really bad. And it missed the goalkeeper that was coming out to grab it and maybe told the center back to, to like not get it. And this Pohang Steeler guy just runs onto the ball and puts it, you know, carries it around the goalkeeper and, and puts it in. Uh, go watch the highlights. It's super hilarious. Except that it was against my team. Fortunately, uh, FC Seoul hits uh, two banger headers uh, off corners uh, to win 2-1 two, two, away. Uh, Bills team, Jungbook uh, Hyundai Motors, uh, wins at home 2-0 against Daegu. No surprise there. And then the other two Hyundai games, uh, uh, Ulsan uh, draws uh, Busan Epoch 1-1. One, one. All right. Uh, all right. So then we have – we have two things. We have Liga MX and we have MLS. MLS, uh, oh boy, where do we start with MLS? Um, <laughs> let's start with the Orlando tournament uh, idea. So we, news had sort of first dropped about that uh, last week, and we, we talked about it on the, on the podcast last week. Uh, and then, guys, jump in whenever if you, if you have anything to add. Um, so some of the, the, very, the very basic details, um, they're still eyeing June 1st. Uh, which is literally a week from today. Um, we're recording on Monday the 25th uh, as a start date for the beginning of, of the quarantine and training and all that. The Basically, the bigger news for how it's going to work is that it's going to be four groups, um, most groups of six teams, a group of eight, team, eight teams. Uh, they're going to be split up between East and West. Uh, so there'll be two group of, of Western Conference teams, two groups of Eastern Conference teams. Nashville will be moving to the uh, East, or sorry, yeah, to the East for this, for the rest of this year to make, basically be two groups of six teams in the West, a group of six teams and a group of eight teams in the East. Uh, for whatever reason, they felt like they needed eight teams in one groups instead of having uh, two groups of six and two groups of I can of seven. tell you what that is. Why is that? So you don't have buys. You don't have teams with buy. If you have two groups of seven, then you, you have uh, two teams. You're not playing those two t- groups of seven would have a, an odd team that uh, wouldn't have any game to play that week. And since we're short on time, everybody has to play every week or twice a week. Sure, but they're only playing five games amongst the, the groups. So that group of eight, they're only going to be playing like, – a team will be only playing five other teams in that group. So they won't be playing two of the teams – so what does that matter? Uh, you, it, it matters in the sense that they would still need to – you would have three games that are played among six teams and one team that, that rests. Um, okay. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's the rest that actually becomes unfair there. It's not that the timing gets messed up. It's that everyone else has to go absolutely balls to the wall except these two groups who then also get a rest day. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Um, and I learned this from back when uh, there was a baseball realignment and Milwaukee went to the National League for whatever reason. And then th- they had 14, league. 14 teams in one league and 16 teams in, in the other league because there was not interleague then. And so they didn't want to have an interleague game every week. So, or going on, you know, two or three times a week. So they solved that by rather than having 15 American League and 15 National League. They had 14 in the American League and 16 in the National League. Yep, that was Bud Selig, that yeah. motherfucker. That, that same same logic. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. Uh, so the games are the games in the group stage will count for the regular season. Um, 
That's why they're doing east and west and why Nashville will be uh, slipping over to the east for the rest of the season. Um, but there will be a tournament after. So the top two teams in each group will advance to a quarterfinal, uh, semifinal, final stage. No one knows what teams are going to be playing for. Um, I mean, the most people think it's going to be the CONCACAF Champions League spot that would normally go to the Open Cup winner because that doesn't seem like that's going to be happening this year. But that is also neither confirmed nor denied. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, the biggest, uh, things from the Orlando term. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on the logistics of that? The plan itself feels, it, it is clearly well thought through, um, whether it's a good plan or a bad plan. I, I know we're going to get into the, uh, the player gripes with it, um, here in a second, whether it's a good plan or a bad plan, I think can be debated, but they've clearly put a lot of thought and a lot of time and effort into it. It strikes me though, it's really funny that part of the, the sell of this is, Hey, we're going to be isolated. This is how we're keeping players, you know, together and teams together, but you know, we're going to keep them all safe. And the NBA is doing literally the exact same thing. Also at Disney world, like these players aren't going to try to meet NBA players and everybody's going to hang out together. So it's, um, I don't know. I don't hate this as a compromise position, but, uh, do you really think they couldn't find a sponsor for the Corona Cup? Is that why they didn't? Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't <laughs> give away their own trophy for this. I mean, it's fucking Corona's right there. Like the beer is right there. Why? The yeah, fuck but not? they stopped producing. Like they're not making any money. Their marketing dollars are long gone. Oh man, yeah, too bad. Oh, MJ, do you have any thoughts? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so what, yeah, let's, so let's jump into sort of the, the, the proposition that has been put forth for the players and sort of their pushback. Um, there has been some uh, back and forth in terms of what this might look like uh, logistically for, to the players, um, what, you know, what the players are going to be giving up in terms of their time and their money. Cause again, you know, it's a whole big thing. Um, basically there was, there's been a few back and forth compromises on, on money, salary stuff. We talked about this last week, the most recent, uh, proposal, um, that was given back by the league was a 10%, uh, salary reduction, um, with a force majeure clause added to contracts, which would extend to 2021 as well. Um, amongst a bunch of other stuff. They would save the owners about $20 million, apparently, in salary for this year. Um, the previous proposal from the MLSP, the, the Players Association, was a 5% uh, salary reduction with a 5% deferment for giving the, the, and I think they said they would save the owners $100 million or whatever. Um, there's a lot of things that are, that are there. Uh, most, it's, you know, the, the, most of the, the players that are outspoken in the league are not on board with uh, with this. Um, the players, in addition to giving their proposal to the owners, um, presented a list of questions, a, a significant list of questions. A lot of them, most of them, uh, according to the Players Association, were not answered. Um, compensation, the CBA, which is still yet to be ratified by, the, by both the owners and the players, um, which is a big sort of the um, sort of Damocles hanging over all this thing. But lots of big namers, big name players are talking out uh, or out talking. Um, Vela, Nani, Chicharito are also really not on board. I think uh, Carlos Vela has a kid who is going to be born relatively soon. Uh, Ali Bedoya called the plan a luxurious prison, 
So that is not a necessarily, uh, and I know that the MLB, and, and we can talk a little bit about that if we want, but they're having sort of the same problem is that like the, some of the bigger name players are saying, whoa, 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 like, is this worth my time and my, you know, potentially putting people in my life in jeopardy? So, so yeah, Dan, do you have any thoughts? I mean, at the end of the day, it takes two to tango. And no matter how good MLS's plan is, if the players don't sign on, it doesn't really matter. Um, it is interesting to me, and I think this is more true in MLS than perhaps any other league in the world, is that you have such a stratification between the people, the, the highest earners, your Velas and your Chicharitos, and the guys making league minimum. Um, so I would be curious... I don't know. Whereas I feel pretty comfortable extrapolating what we've heard from people like Sean Doolittle in Major League Baseball and saying, yes, this is probably a fairly representative opinion of the players. Certainly not unanimous. I'm not suggesting that. I would be curious what the sort of median opinion of MLSers is and whether it does match <clears throat> what these guys are saying. I am totally here for Ali Bedoya becoming the uh, <clears throat> de facto social spokesman of the league, though. That dude is super great with his word choice he's always spot on and i really appreciate it he doesn't yeah. pull punches he, he says what he thinks and uh he's usually spot on i i like that regardless of what percentage pay cut um ends up being agreed upon uh i i really like the fact that the the those league minimum players that dan was talking about those that make uh, less than a hundred thousand, their salaries are not affected. So I I like that part of the deal um, because they're the ones that would get hurt the most. I also like that the players came back with that five percent, five percent plus five percent, five percent deferred, wage, yeah, wage, wages, but wage decrease, but five percent deferment. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's a, a, a good response. Um, hopefully they can come to agreement on it. I'd be interested to know, and I realize this doesn't affect very many players at all, which is to say Brett Coleman, and I'm honestly not sure anyone else, uh, but for players that were suspended, I wonder what their situation is. Like, are they, are, are they getting deferred money? Is it getting paid out? How is that working? Good question. Um, I know something that probably Michael Pineda on the Twins is dealing with as well. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so a few other notes uh, here. Uh, MLS is back is the apparently going to be the the hashtag or the slogan. Uh, they're going to expand the game day rosters to twenty three. Uh, there'll be five subs um, as part of the, the what MLS laid out to the players' association in terms of the agreement. They would do the same same five sub situation that we're seeing in Germany. Um, the matches would take place at nine a.m. 8 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. Central Time, or Eastern Time. Sorry, so that's 8, 8 a.m., 7 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Central Time, um, which I thought was hilarious because uh, there's, like, some of the support groups up here in Minnesota are, are, have been clamoring about watch parties, and we're, are we going to do watch parties? And I was like, can we wait until we see what the fucking plan is? Because I'm not sure people are going to be able to do watch parties at 8 a.m., and we can't – I don't want to guarantee – a fucking watch party at 8 a.m. when we're gonna have matches and you know it's minnesota so of course we're gonna have most of our matches are probably gonna be at 8 a.m and not at 7 p.m or 9 30 p.m so anyways i that was a 
short little mini rant. I digress. Uh, yeah, I mean, go ahead, MJ. Working during that time, so yeah, as most people are. Um, the bigger so each team is going to have forty-five to forty-seven club delegates um, that will be in Orlando at the Coronado Resort. Um, that includes that includes all the playing staff, all the playing team uh, staff, uh, backroom staff, PR, t- team admin, trainers, things like that. So you you have a, a max of forty-seven, a minimum of forty-five people from your club will be required to go to Orlando for eight to 12 weeks, eight to 10 weeks or whatever. Um, you have to test ahead of leaving for Orlando and have a, a, a negative test. Um, and then uh, you get it. When you get to the hotel, there'll be a quarantine period where you have to be at the hotel. You can like walk around the hotel or whatever, but you can't really like you eat your, all your meals in your, in your hotel room, um, all that fun stuff. So honestly, like go subscribe to the athletic, read the athletic there's they've been doing really great uh reporting on that um as we will allude to in our next segment uh which is called snitches get stitches uh, um dan do you want to talk about this a little bit you get a little bit of yeah absolutely so uh shout out to friend of the pod uh jeff reuter who's been doing a lot of the hard leg work on this um he's got great sourcing within mls and i think that it deserves to be shouted out because uh it doesn't, it's, it's amazing to see that kind of, that level of sourcing this early in somebody's career. So shouts to yeah. Jeff for that. Um, what was that, MJ? We appreciate you, Jeff. We do. We very much appreciate you. Uh, so the upshot here is uh, this whole plan was leaked to The Athletic. Um, they, they published it. They did some analysis of it. Honestly, their coverage was very even-handed, uh, which I appreciated. Uh, you know who didn't appreciate anything less than Pravda-level propaganda was MLS itself. Uh, and so they, they issued another memo uh, basically saying, whoever leaked the plan, we're going to find you, and you're going to be in really serious trouble. The memo then also leaked. Uh, Wait, D- Dam Grabber did not like, uh, <laughs> did not like this? He, he's not a big fan of fair coverage. Uh, really? he, he, likes, uh, he, he likes his coverage tailored. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, uh, the internal disciplinary memo then also leaked, uh, which is just absolutely, it, it is so rich. I could only have a little bite of it, but, it's, but that one bite is so good. Um, so Jeff is, is, and the, the rest of the guys at The Athletic, obviously protecting sources, which is exactly what they should be doing. Uh, but MLS is having a little tempest in a teapot over their plan having leaked. And the, the really funny part of all of this is uh, almost every league's plans have leaked ahead of time. I think Major League Baseball's was done intentionally, but that's my own, uh, my own theory. Um, I'm always good for a con- good conspiracy theory about leagues floating trial balloons in the press, and I think that's what MLB did. Uh, but people who have evaluated the NFL or college football have basically been saying, hey, this, is, this stuff's not going to work. You people are crazy. And then MLSs came out. The league is furious. And the response is, actually, like, this seems pretty sane. Like, you know, we, we appreciate the, the work that MLS has been, uh, has been doing on this. But, yeah, Dan Graber's not real happy about that one. Oh, Dom Graber. Dom Graber. That guy. Um, all right, and then uh, we're also going to clear out, unless MJ, you, unless you have anything else you want to add on this. Uh, just as the prophets, uh, the mode say, the grabbing hands grab what they can. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, Dan, we're also going to clear out for you here, uh, for FC Cincinnati, 
<laughs> the, the shit show that is FC Cincinnati. If you haven't, if you haven't, uh, uh, I, I'm going to post a link to an article um, in the in the, the Days I Know newsletter. Subscribe to it at Substack, daysiknow.substack.com. Um, but Dan, I'm going to give you the floor to just fucking go off on uh, FC Cincinnati, please. Yeah, so... If you listen to this podcast, you probably paid very close attention to the uh, unmitigated tire fire that was the 2017 Minnesota United uh, season. It was really bad. It was a historically bad defense. Uh, but, you know, and the, the club had other missteps off the field. But, you know, by and large, it was stuff that could be glossed over. They didn't make any, like, catastrophic errors that we saw after the hiring of Adrian Heath. Uh, FC Cincinnati cannot make that claim. Uh, their first season on the pitch was an abject disaster. They were completely unprepared for the league. Uh, they have had to already fire one coach for completely not performing well, fire another coach for a racist incident. <laughs> and uh, now when they, they are introducing their third coach in, uh, in league history, they tweeted out a photo to welcome Yapstam to the team, only the guy in the photo wasn't Yapstam. Uh, this has been rumored for weeks. This was not out of left field. Everyone in the communications department had ample opportunity to review the photo and literally no one said, hey, I don't, I don't think that's the guy. Like, that doesn't look like the same guy. So uh, MLS Twitter users are, uh, are an aggressive and swarming sort. So with this amount of blood in the water, the memes that came out of it were pretty well instantaneous and fairly excellent. Uh, people updated the photo to be Grant Wall, who was also uh, thin and bald. Uh, Jason Statham. Uh, I, I took up Voldemort, uh, which honestly I think might have been a better hiring. <laughs> a better hiring than Ron Jans, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll let Yap Stam, uh make his own errors and, and pass judgment on that. But this is, you know, for, for FC Cincinnati and for all the league social media folks, this is a haul. Like, it's so hard to keep producing content when there's nothing to talk about. Um, I used to write uh, for MLB spring training. And those first, like, two weeks of spring training, you are just squeezing blood out of a stone. It is awful. FC Cincinnati gets the gift from the gods. They have a legitimate piece of news that they can talk about and that will dominate their feeds for, like, at least two or three days. And they completely and utterly shit the bed, uh, which just in its own way, is heartwarming and wonderful. Just not for their fans, for literally everyone else. Yeah, I really like that uh, <laughs> Minnesota United uh, used Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, um, as their welcome yop. Uh, although, Vancouver Whitecaps doing Mr. Evil for their, uh, for their one. And literally every, I mean, I think almost every single team dunked on... <laughs> Uh, as is, Philadelphia Union uh, did Pitbull, so <laughs> Jose like, did did Bruce Willis. Yeah, um, and that's that's how you know this is a bad mistake because yeah. there is the the social media profession, especially dealing with teams and leagues. Like these people work so hard, and there is an incredible amount of you know doing and working together and being supportive of each other. So when even other teams are like, yeah, we we just can't let this one go by. Yeah. Like that's how you know it's really bad. Oh yeah, no, and you know, 
Dan, you and I both know, like, so doing social media is fucking hard. Like, it, like, like, oh, it's like you do some tweets and you do some stuff. It's fucking hard work. It's and really like, fucking hard. And to like to like coordinate that, like to get all the shit out at the right time, like in the right order and all that, like it's fucking hard. It's harder than most people realize. And so, like, give your local social media uh, like organizer a little bit of credit because it's really fucking hard to do. And I've I've done some fuck ups. I don't run meet social media for an MLS team. So my <laughs> fuck-ups don't ever look that bad. It's just like, oh, I, I tweeted that from my own personal account instead of the, uh, the bar account or whatever. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was, it was pretty, pretty. And, you know, it just cements, I think cements FC Cincinnati as the, at the top of that uh, continental tire fire rankings that, you know, Bruce and, <laughs> Bruce and Wes used to have years and years ago. So at least the the guy that they that they wrongly put up there in addition to being bald was also dutch uh he was the uh youth coach for for ajax <laughs> yes they did pick they did pick the right nationality um <laughs> good for them good job uh all right uh finally uh we'll talk about league mx really quickly um they formally abandoned the Clausura, uh which i think they had played three or four matches um they are like League MX is working to start uh, up the Apertura in July. However, they've had a shit ton of people test positive for COVID nineteen, including twelve uh, Santos Laguna players. Um, so yeah, so I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's actually going to happen. And then uh, the other big sort of big news that just popped up yesterday uh, uh, sounds like Morelia uh, Monarcas, a, a League MX first division team, was moving to Mazatlan. Um, which is, you know, fucking bullshit. Uh, I, so I, I kind of just like, that's your club. Yeah. I, I, um, I decided about a year ago, I wanted to get into league MX. League MX is, is the most popular sport or, uh, uh, soccer league in the, in the United States. Um, I did not have a league MX team. I've, I know Spanish, uh, a a bit. Um, it's like, Oh, I should just pick a Spanish team uh, or a Mexican team to, to follow. Uh, and then I was randomly at, a, at the Goodwill in Midway and I saw a Monarchist jersey. It was like five bucks. I was like, fuck yeah, like, I'll buy this. And I became a Monarchist fan. Um, and now it sounds like they are being sort of like hijacked by the governor of Mazatlan. They built a 25,000 seat stadium um, and doing some of the, you know, shady American bullshit of franchise movements, uh, all that. So I'm not really happy about that. And uh, you, the Liga Max, if you guys haven't uh, heard, they have suspended uh, promotion relegation for, I think, six years, something like that, like a, an insane amount of time. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of bullshit news to hear. Uh, find that out last night. So, anyways, do uh, you guys have anything you want to add on Liga MX? Uh, I just want to know, since there's connections to the region of Sinaloa, if the Sinaloa cartel has anything to do with it. Oh, I'm 100% sure, probably. Uh, I, I'm, I am actually 99% sure, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk United News, uh, Minneapolis City, and then we're going to jump into a, a fun new Ed- MJ segment. So uh, we're back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we And we're back. Dave's I Know Podcast. 
we are going to start the second half of the podcast with uh, United news. Um, not a ton of United news. Obviously, we're waiting to hear on the Orlando plan. But uh, two big things that came out. The Target 2020 USA Cup uh, was canceled for the first time ever. That is the, the large, the, I think it's the largest youth tournament in uh, the Americas. Um, was canceled for the first time ever. It's uh, been in, in existence for 35. I think this has been the 35th year of that tournament. Um, it was canceled. Uh, it takes place up at the Nessie. There's always, they always have a big game during that week. Uh, Minnesota United hosts a game and all the kids come and there's a, back, especially back at the Nessie when we were playing in the, in the NASL, like there'd be a game where there'd be like 2000 kids. You're like, where the fuck are all these kids from? And what are they all doing here at our, soccer match um so that's canceled for the first time ever yeah for those that don't know this isn't just a uh u.s canada or when Mm. it's the largest in america it's not just you know kids come up from mexico there are youth teams from japan there are youth teams from colombia all over Um, the world yeah africa to europe yeah like like it's huge and it's really impressive to see the the if you go go and see the kids and their and their kits coming to the Minnesota United game and and seeing where they're all from and and, and chatting with them it's pretty cool so I'm yeah. sad that's not going to happen but yeah it's a big it's a big driver for both soccer in Minnesota but also like uh, tourism and, and all that in Minneapolis St Paul and Blaine and all that so it's, it's a big loss honestly it really is like USA Cup is a thing that a lot of if you played youth soccer in, in, Minnesota, in Minnesota you probably played in USA Cup so. Um, it's a, it's a big loss. And the other little piece of United news, um, Minnesota, so Minnesota, I talked about this a few weeks ago, I believe. Um, and full disclosure, I'm on this uh, particular board, the neighbors United, uh, funding collaborative, uh, is issuing grants to 30 different businesses in the midway, uh, starting tomorrow, I believe $2,500 grants. Um, this is partly due to a contribution to the neighbors United funding collaborative, which is a five, one C three that grants, uh, money to businesses uh, for myriads of different things. We did a really um, specific hard focus on COVID-19 relief. So yeah, 30 businesses in the Midway are getting grants of $2,500 to help cover whatever, whether it's uh, rent, whether it's um, payroll expenses, uh, marketing, doesn't matter what it is. Um, We're just trying to like help uh, work with the community and uh, Allianz uh, and Minnesota United were the, the two contributors to like help make that $75,000 grant thing be a, a possibility. So I just want to give a shout out to the team for that. Um, I know I'm very, very critical of the team more often than not. Um, but I, I sit on this, I sit on this uh, board that works out and, and does the grant stuff. Um, it was very important and, and really cool for the team to step up the way that they did. So um, good on them. Uh, and then we have Minneapolis City news. MJ, why don't you take us forward with M- Minneapolis City news? Defender Jonah Garcia continues to win in the lower league E Cup, uh, sponsored by Protagonist Soccer. They, uh, after having a dominant group stage, uh, he w- w- keeps on winning. The the fun thing is is that while like the first round of the knockout, he won sixteen one and then won eleven four. Things are getting tighter. You know, the quarterfinals was 8-3. He won uh, just by one goal, 4-3 to three in the semifinals. So uh, he now plays the uh, representative 
from Ole Town FC. It's called Ole Town because they're from Olympia, um, Olympia, Washington. Uh, and uh, that is going on tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you're in Olympia, that means you're at 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and you can watch it on twitch.tv slash mplscitysc. Also, pretty, sure, pretty sure nobody from uh, Olympia, Washington listens to our fucking podcast, but appreciate it. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, my cousin used to go to Puget Sound, so. Did they listen to the podcast? Yes. Are they still on Puget Sound? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, sent gear to um, Minneapolis City uh, recently bragged on Twitter that they have sent gear to England, Germany, Luxembourg, Switzerland, Argentina, and Japan, which is pretty impressive. They just sent a jersey to Germany. They kind of added the other countries that they've been sending to. So uh, the, the club shop is still the little club shop that could, if you will. Uh, that's a great segue. Speaking of club yeah. shops, forward fucking, forward fucking Madison, uh, released their drip Jersey, uh, over the weekend and holy shit. Does that thing fucking rock? Yeah. Once again, they, uh, forward Madison shows that they are not messing around when it comes to kits. Uh, there's definitely a, a kindred philosophy between Minneapolis city and forward Madison. Uh, and it's not just the bird thing. Um, both of these teams just go all out when it comes to merch. And uh, I, uh, I was kicking myself for missing out on the forward Madison kits last year. So I had to pull the trigger on this one. What about you guys? I, I linked it on Facebook and tagged my father-in-law who lives in Madison. I was like, if you need a Christmas present for me, <laughs> FYI, um, being unemployed, I really can't, I can't pull the trigger for myself. Like my, I think my wife might might like like pseudo murder me if I buy another another soccer jersey. I realize I have like thirty soccer jerseys in my in my closet right now. But buy another one, she might murder me. So I'm trying to like gently nudge the people in my life who know that I love soccer to purchase it. But it's fucking great, MJ. It's busy for my taste. Like it's really really busy. But you also have to look at who for forward Madison are and what their brand is and it is on point mm -hmm. it is on point and so if you're a fan of the club you're a fan of their color scheme you have the uh i would call it aqua blue and navy and pink and and that sort of amazing kind of 80s flamingo clash of, of colors and you don't mind being loud and proud that i mean it's it's a fantastic kit so i'm gonna i'm gonna be looking to the story in the in the Substack newsletter, Dave's I know dot Dave's I know .com. Um, sign up. Um, there's a really a really great article actually in the Wisconsin State Journal, um, which is the paper of note in uh, in Madison uh, about how they came to pick this jersey and and all the sort of like behind the scenes stuff. It's 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 great. It's fantastic. It's it's in our notes, gentlemen. If you guys want to click on it, but yeah. Drip jersey, um, get it. I think you can order it through the end of the month, and then it's probably not going to be. I mean, it might be available, but there's probably only going to be a very limited amount. So, um, if you like cool, if you like blue and pink, um, get it. I mean, I just if you like blue and pink, just click on that uh, thing, order it right away. Um, if you are a little bit hesitant, click on it and just 
take a look at it. It's fucking amazing. So, all right. Uh, so we have a new segment that we're going to, uh, uh, add into the podcast. It's, uh, called, uh, let's get a drink with And MJ. Why don't you, uh, why don't you prep us for the segment? Yeah. And just to be a little bit, uh, more professional about this, I'm going to call this, uh, let's get an interview with or, uh, interview with dinner and drinks. Uh, but the idea nope. is, nope, let's get a drink with that's, we're not being professional, MJ. I forgot what have pod you, I was on. Have you listened to this podcast at all? I, have, I forgot what podcast I was on. Yeah. So if you could get a uh, dinner and drinks with a player, and I would like to give credit, although I do not remember the, uh, the handle for, for who originally tweeted this out, but it was like, yeah, if you could get uh, uh, dinner with a soccer player, who would, who would you pick? And it was just kind of one. I was like, oh, I, I can't pick just one. I need categories. So this week, we're going to go over the categories of pick a current Minnesota United player, pick a former Minnesota top tier, uh, top division uh, soccer player, and uh, an MLS player that cannot be um, formerly from Minnesota. So they can have a Minnesota connection, um, you know, high school or college but they can't have played professionally club club soccer with minnesota and then um someone from a a women's club a women's club team team player they that you would just like to um interview ask questions with get dinner and drinks with etc so i'm gonna go first um for uh my uh minnesota united current player i choose ozzy alonzo because I just think he's a badass, and um, he has. Ever since I switched from being a goalkeeper to being a defender in broomball, I kind of like people who are more defensive minded, but I also like people who help uh, spring uh, the attack forward. And uh, he does it way better than I do in any sport that I play. So it'd just be cool to get his ear on that, uh, uh, his family history in Cuba, things like that. Um, my former Minnesota player, I picked Kevin Venegas. Uh, he switched from being a wing to being uh, a fullback. Well, hold, on, hold on, MJ, MJ. Let's 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 do this like all like we all do the same one. Oh, my bad. No, it's it's fine. Um, so Dan, Dan, why don't you go next? I'm gonna for my current uh, I'm a UFC player. I'm gonna say Ethan Finley. Uh, Finley is the players' union rep. Um, so I would love to get some just inside scoop. I'm not even looking for like salacious dirt. I mean. I'm always looking for salacious dirt, but uh, I feel like he'd have just a really good perspective on how the players in the league are shaping up right now. I'd love to hear some of the the inside scoop on the CBA. Uh, and more than that, I mean, he just seems like a really thoughtful, observant guy. And I'd love to hear, you know, what he thinks about the state of the league and the team going forward. And uh, yeah, he just, he just seems like a really genuinely good dude. So. So and and I I, I really want to do this because I I have a, I had I have a different criteria I think or I, I have a criteria that's in my head is that I want someone who I can actually drink with um, and I don't think there's any loons on the team that actually like to tie one on or <laughs> want to get weird um, so 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 I'm a, I'm a little hesitant on a on a current Minnesota United player I think I think all the players on the current you don't think Schoenfeld likes to get, like to get his drink on. Oh, that's so a good here, one. Sean Phil's a good one. I see it here. I think, I think, so I, I put down Brent uh, as in Brent Coleman. I think he might be one 
that yeah. uh but i don't think he drinks that's 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 the problem i don't think frank Coleman is like it seems like a really serious dude um and he seems like he would be fun to get drunk but i don't think brent drinks so i think it'd be really hard but if, if he's like given the the, the druthers of like yes he, he will have a he will have a couple beers with me i think brent will be a fun one to uh if nothing else we can go like um play poker at uh canterbury downs which would be fun too i'm, I'm into that so let's let's do the next let's do the next one mj uh so the next category i have is former minnesota top division i'm thinking like loons nasl or stars uh thunder strikers uh kicks things like that and so i chose kevin venegas because he was one of the guys that i saw when i first started watching the club and he was playing wing at the time, and he was from for our attacking players. He really was one of the better uh, dribblers and uh, good skills with his feet, and uh, he could score goals. And so he was fun to watch. He converted to to being a fullback, and uh, I thought he did very well at that position as well. So, um, Kevin Venegas. There you go. Dan, staying with the uh, theme of very, very promising loons who had uh, careers derailed by knee injuries. Uh, I'm going to go Jeb Browski. Uh, I have interacted with Jeb a few times on social media, and uh, he's always been super forthcoming and a genuinely good dude. Um, so I'd love to just, you know, hang out, yeah, get a couple of beers in and see, you know, I'd love, I'm sure that dude has Carl Craig stories, which as we know from previous podcast guests, always a good time. Carl Craig stories are always a good time. Uh, but he's doing coaching now. I'd love to hear how that's going and just, uh, yeah, hear, hear his view on the U.S. soccer pyramid because he did play both Loons and ASL, but he was also NYCFC, I believe, who he played for yep. in MLS. So seems like he, a guy who might have some good insights. Yeah. I mean, the correct answer is Carl Craig, but we're, we're doing <laughs> players. So we'll, we'll save Carl Craig for, and we'll probably all take it for something in the coach's version of this. Um, the the second answer I have is because of uh, uh, you know Matt Van Ockel and Chris Litholm as Justin Davis. I want to just get Justin Davis drunk and see what he's up to. Um, but I really ultimately the answer that I go to. And this is my final answer. Uh, Alan Willie, um, that dude has some fucking stories, and I've gotten slightly drunk with that guy, and he's got some really great stories uh, from the Minnesota uh, kicks days. So I'm gonna go Alan Willie on the part of Minnesota top division so awesome next category we have is mls player um that uh doesn't have uh, a minnesota united or minnesota stars connection um i have to go with tim howard you know former everton goalkeeper former u.s uh men's national team 16 staves in extra time versus belgium uh and you know whatever you want to say for his career in Colorado. I'm a little surprised, MJ, uh, if you're going for the Everton connection that you didn't exploit uh, Wayne Rooney's one and a half years with DC United. Yeah, well, the thought crossed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I went off the wall here. I'll totally admit that this one is weird. Uh, Pursuant to a previous discussion we've had, Ali Bedoya would be really high on my list. I think he'd be awesome. Uh, but the guy I went with was uh, Maxime Crapeau, who's uh, the keeper for the Vancouver Whitecaps and also, notably, uh, Team Canada. Um, 
one, this dude seems like he might be just a hair's breadth away from being actually certifiably insane. Uh, his interviews are really fun, by which I mean, it seems like his grasp on reality is tenuous, which always makes for a really fun night out drinking. Uh, but this dude has also played with Alfonso Davies, uh, both for club and country. He's seen him grow up. And I'd love to hear from a keeper perspective, you know, how quickly he felt like Alfonso came on. And, and I feel like he would have a really unique view of that because he's trained against him so many times and also, uh, yeah, had him for, for both, both a teammate for both Canada and, uh, and for Vancouver. And I did look this up. Um, it is Vancouver. I have the right Canadian team for fucking once. <laughs> Even though he, 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 he played with Montreal Impact and the Ottawa Fury. You do not, oh, not get confused on his current current squad. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a uh, he and uh, Van Oakle are doing the uh, the Trans Canada thing, trying to play for as many Canadian teams as possible. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I went Hercules Gomez. That guy has stories. Yeah. And I think that guy likes tequila. I mean, not not to be racist or whatever, but I think he like I think I've heard from that Hercules Gomez is a tequila fan. Um, I think me and him bottled tequila. I'm gonna get a lot of stories. So again, I went I went back when I was thinking about this as like who likes to drink and who can I get stories out of. I think Hercules Gomez, a uh, couple bottles like a bottle of uh, some really nice tequila might get some really good stories about uh, like a really a really interesting time in U.S. men's national team history. So um, and MLS as well. And then you also get for the, the Spanish language ESPN now. Yeah, and you you also get the Liga MX stuff too. So yeah. the yeah. downside to doing that, though, if you're going to split a bottle of tequila with him, is you are going to get absolutely amazing stories. You are going to hear things that you desperately wish you would have remembered, and you are not going to remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why I have the recorder out, <laughs> just recording everything. <laughs> I'll put my bullshit out there if I, if I get good <laughs> stories. So, all right. Finally, MJ, what's the last one? Uh, Got to give a shout out to the women. Uh, let's pick someone from a women's club. I did not put any uh, nationality or, uh, you know, what country they could be from or what country league they play in. Um, I chose uh, Vicky Losada again because I really like sixes. I really like uh, defensive midfielders. Um, she is phenomenal at being a number, at a number six. Uh, she's probably my second favorite number six to, to uh, Julie Ertz. Um, she plays for Barcelona and she plays for the uh, Spanish national team. Um, she, she did really well at the last uh, Women's World Cup and she continues to kill it for Barcelona whenever I see them play at like uh, the UEFA Champions League level. Dan? I had to, uh, I shouldn't say I had to, but uh, because the Arsenal women are so unbelievably good, I had to uh, take one of their starlets. And so I went with Jordan Nobbs, uh, who I think, I honestly, I'm not sure if she plays more of a six or more of an eight, but she plays a, a backing midfielder who then also can get forward in attack. So she's incredibly versatile. Um, she's England's vice captain, despite only being 27. Um, and the English women, very much like the, their male counterparts, like the captaincy is a big deal. It doesn't change hands very often. So it's, it's a huge honor for her to already have the vice captaincy. Um, she was set to be an absolute critical part of their World Cup run last year and then blew out her knee uh, at the very end of the uh, women's season for Arsenal. So 
Um, I'd love to just sit down with her and talk through what that was like from, I mean, the physical rehab process for Anise is fairly well known, but getting so close to what I assume is a career goal of playing in a World Cup and then having that taken away. Um, that's a, I, I would love to get that kind of insight, as well as um, playing for Arsenal, the, the total club, who has done a pretty good job of promoting their women's team. Um, whether she feels like it's been enough, whether she feels like she's respected by her uh, male counterparts, and I, honestly, how much interaction there are between the two teams. I don't have a blessed clue about that. So I feel like she could give some really, really great insights. And uh, anybody who has played at an incredibly high level the way she has for as long as she has, has some amazing stories about her teammates. So I'm sure those, would be, uh, those wouldn't be disappointing either. Yeah, I so I originally had Lika Martins, uh, who was a Dutch national team player, um, a uh, FIFA Women's Player of the Year, UFL Women's Player of the Year award winner for FC Barcelona. She plays for the uh, uh, Netherlands national team. Um, but yeah, she's been playing since she was like 16 years old professionally, which is really great. And then I realized, you know, the, the correct answer here is uh, Ada Hegerberg. Um, Odd Hagerberg, who hasn't played in a while uh, for myriads of reasons, but also was asked to twerk on stage as she won the uh, Ballon d'Or as the Women's Player of the Year in 2018. Um, I want to know what I want to have. A, I want to sit down with uh, Odd Hagerberg, who's Norwegian, and just, just have a conversation with her about what the fuck that felt like. Because I have no, I have no idea. I'm a dude. I'm a white guy. I'm a white American. I'm pretty fucking stable in my environment and where I'm at. Um, that's plus, something. no one wants to see you twerk. Plus, I mean, I, people have seen me twerk, and, and you know, no one's, no one's asking me to twerk is the, is the, is the actual the correct thing there. Um, <laughs> people are asking her to twerk on stage as she was winning a fucking uh, award for being the best soccer player in the world. So, fuck, yeah. I want to have that conversation. So, so yeah, so Lika Martins, I still love you. Uh, you're gorgeous and you are an amazing soccer player, which is probably the most important thing. But I would actually like just have a conversation with Ada Hagerberg about, about that and over some cocktails because that, that's, you know, when you let the, the truth actually fly there. She plays so. for the very dominant Olympic Lyonnais, yes? Yep, yep, she, yeah, for Lyon, yep, so. I wonder how many, uh, how many years of her career she would give up to spontaneously just sort of appreciate a sword in that moment <laughs> and just take it to set bladder context or uh, consequence free. Like, is it five? Is it 10? You know, how many, how many productive soccer years are you willing to give up to just absolutely give that dude what's been coming to him for so many years and for so many reasons. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a great, uh, a great segment. Um, we'll, we'll come back. We have, we have a bunch more of that to, to talk about next week. Um, hopefully with Bill back. Uh, and listeners, if, if yeah. you have a category that an idea of for let's get a drink with, please, uh, you know how to get us, get to us at Twitter. True. All right, um, the one saloon segment, MJ. Again, you're like you're heavy on the back half of the podcast here, so um, you don't want to lead with me. We all know that. Like, it's only after people are drunk and like half asleep, like yeah, put MJ on. <laughs> it, it appeals to my strengths. So uh, this week, we're going to cover Sam Nicholson. Uh, uh, Sam Nicholson came to us when he was very, very young, mid-season, uh, mid-2017, uh, um, and then uh, got traded mid-2018. Uh, 
so he wasn't with us for very long. Uh, he spent his youth career and then his first uh, few years at, on the senior team of, of Heart of Midlothian in Scotland. And uh, he then got traded uh, mid-18 from uh, with Mohamed Saeed and the one international spot that Colorado needed for one or both of those players um, to the Colorado Rapids for Sam Cronin and Mark Birch. Um, do any of you have a favorite Sam Nicholson moment? Not necessarily on the field. Um, I just, I remember when the, when the loons signed him, it felt like this interesting statement of intent. He was like the first youngish player that they had signed who really felt like he might be first team talent. So I was, I was a big Sam Nicholson fan and disappointed when, uh, when they chose to trade him. But, uh. I mean, I mean, we needed we needed Cronin and Birch so badly. It was really hard to criticize the trade. <laughs> Mostly, what they considered replacing was was Alexi Gomez, who just shot to everywhere but the goal. So on the left. So other than like their complete inability to replace him on the left, uh, no. I I mean. I was never a Sam Nicholson fan. Um, there are certain uh, Minnesota United fans, Dark Clouds, who were huge Sam Nicholson fans. They shall not be named Colin Solberg. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was never, I was never the, the Sam Nicholson fan. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go to my favorite favorite moment, uh, which I did have to look up. But if you remember in 2017, which is you know we were playing first year not in the Nessie you know we're at TCF Bank and we just had this long series in June-ish of not good results right um we had like a three-game losing streak and then we won one at home versus Portland but then we drew at home versus Vancouver (laughs) two to two um we uh, played a Thursday game away at New York City, lost 3-1. Uh, we lose at, uh, at Columbus Crew, 1-0. Um, we had a friendly against Atlas that we drew 1-1, and then we had a nil-nil draw at Houston. Um, and then a 3-0 loss at – I forgot about this one. A 3-0 loss at, at, uh, at home versus New York Red Bulls. And so we just – however many games long that was that we didn't win or had, you know, one win out of, you know, seven, eight games. And we finally get to Saturday, July 29th. And I remember this, we were home versus DC United and we went off. Um, The, the, the very first goal, Nicholson gets the ball on the, on the left-hand side, passes it kind of back into the middle to, Molino and Molino has this beautiful chip that hits Christian running on the, not really down the center, but along the right wing side and Christian slots home a goal. Then um, Molino assists uh, Johan Venegas. Um, then uh, Molino assists uh, Miguel Ibarra. So Molino's like getting all these assists. Miguel Ibarra gets a goal. Then Miguel Ibarra gets a – sorry, um, Miguel Ibarra doesn't get a goal. He, he sends it across that hits a defender, and they get an own goal. 
and that puts us up 3-0. And then the last goal was Johan Venegas to Miguel Ibarra, and Miguel Ibarra gets our fourth goal. So we had all these horrible results, and we finally get a win at home against D.C. Sam Nicholson didn't have as nearly as a big you know, influence on the game as, let's say, Kevin Molino or Miguel Ibarra, but just him being a part of that first goal, that's kind of was a, was a memory for me. I say that's pulling real hard for Sam Nicholson, buddy. <laughs> it was more about that game. Just saying. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Uh, so our, our tips, tricks, and treats to survive the Rona. What are you guys doing to survive the Rona? Um, Dan, let's start with you. Uh, because I am nothing if not an overgrown child, uh, I've been watching uh, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, the anime that was on Nickelodeon. Few, is that on few, Netflix now? It is. It is on they Netflix. They keep trying to fucking pump that into my feet. I'm like, I have no way. I'm not watching this. It's good. Okay. It's legitimately enjoyable. We, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not an anime fan, but whatever. I mean, uh, Dan, I have to ask, uh, have you seen the the movie Clone Wars and, and the television series Clone Wars? No. Oh, I've watched those. I've watched those, MJ. But Dan has not. I have not. I, okay. I, am, I am ancillary to the Star Wars universe. Okay, so this is all, like, it wasn't really anime, but there was a, like, I believe M. Night Shyamalan was a part of it, but, like, a, a very kind of whitewashing of, of Last Airbender or what else not movie that was put out. And I hear that the, the, the television series is amazing, and the movie's just horrible. And yeah. I haven't seen it either. And likewise, yeah. if you're Clone Wars... The, 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 the movie was horrible and the television series is amazing. And I was going to ask if either of you had seen both, which one had a bigger gap between how horrible and how great television series versus movie. But since I have both of you and you both haven't seen both. I'll, uh, I'll put it on my list. But the biggest sacrifice here, because I've definitely seen the Clone Wars movie. Uh, it's so bad. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's awful. Don't watch. Yeah, the, the the actual Clone Wars itself. The 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 there and there's there's two different. So let's. This is not a Star Wars podcast. There's two different Clone Wars series. <laughs> that's on Disney Plus right now. That is the one that's like canon. That one is actually really good. And the movie is part of that. But the movie is shit. Don't watch the movie. Just jump into Clone Wars. But I have heard M Night. You are right, MJ. M Night Shyamalan uh, did, I believe, direct the Avatar movie. Um, but I, I have also heard that it is reprehensibly bad. Oh, you haven't seen it? I have, I have not, but, but that is, it is well known to be a movie that is so bad, the fans of the series won't talk about it. So I think that's, that should tell us uh, a little bit, like Star Wars fans will talk about how bad Clone, uh, Attack of the Clones was, but uh, Avatar fans just won't talk about the movie. They prefer to believe <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's like Godfather 3. Like, ah, oh, it's a shame nobody's ever made a movie about this. <laughs> uh, so doing that, and then uh, I finally, so I'd, I'd, uh, I'd made a couple of bad meals, or like just sort of below par meals over the last week or so, and I was starting to feel like I was in a rut. Uh, and then absolutely knocked it out of the park, out of the park with a, a Cuban-style pork carnitas, uh, the recipe for which was fairly straightforward. did require about 24 hours of marinating and was absolutely delicious. And then on top of that, Gretchen made uh, homemade tortillas and just absolutely, oh, wow. killed, absolutely killed it with those. So we ate, we ate real well tonight. So I'm finally, I'm feeling like I'm back in my groove and uh, we'll, uh, we'll up the game this week again. 
wheat flour or corn flour? Uh, corn flour, masa. Awesome. And and pork shoulder, marinated pork shoulder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. And it was wine and lime juice and orange juice, a shit yeah. ton of garlic, and then like oregano and cumin, maybe. So, oh, it was... It was really, really good. But I, uh, I threaded a needle. I ran out of grill fuel, and uh, most places were closed for Memorial Day. So I was like, well, we may have to finish this in the oven. But it, uh, it hit 200 internal right at about the time that it started, also started to sputter and die. So I felt, felt like I was doing trick grilling, which is not a thing that should ever exist. It might be the whitest thing I've ever The most like, white suburban dad thing I've ever said. Fair. MJ? Uh, I've been, so last week I talked up the Bon Appetit videos uh, in similar fashion. I've been watching Epicurious videos. They have these things called four levels where they have um, a home chef, a level two chef, and then a, a, a professional chef um, all do different versions of things. Um, I've watched several of these like like nachos, three levels of nachos and so on and so forth. Uh, they call it four levels because the fourth level is they have a food scientist come afterwards to explain a lot of the science behind the choices and what what's happening. But um, the one that I decided to employ today was the um, they did several le levels of grilled cheese. And uh, so today I made a uh, grilled cheese with homemade guac and bacon and then uh, also uh, made bechamel sauce and, and coated that over the top and nice. uh, used a fried egg as well. So that was super delicious. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, honestly, like <laughs> mine was a, uh, it's also a uh, food thing. Uh, it's weird. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wasn't able to do it, but I'm probably going to try and do it for my birthday is make a bosom, uh, which is a momofuku. David Jang recipe thing. Um, it's basically a pork butt, just brined and, and all that good fun stuff, and then like smoked nice. for a while. So, um, so yeah, that is like sort of the big thing I'm thinking about. Uh, but also um, had a bit. I've just been rewatching. Honestly, guys, been rewatching The Office and The Wire, like back and forth like the office to like get me pumped up and like oh yeah this is fun everything's good good and then the wire like oh yeah no life's shit people suck this is the worst um what season to... of the wire are you on uh well so i've i've re i've i've seen the wire probably seven times wow all the way through yeah so um and i've been i'm so I kind of I, re I started rewatching for the eighth time uh, when the Ringer doing their podcast with Van Latham and Jamel Hill, like their sort of wire recap nice. podcast. So um, I'm already like I started with when they started. I'm already like into season four, and they're still on season one. Like they haven't finished season one yet. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, I'm gonna watch this thing like hardcore. So. You don't watch The Wire. Watch The Fucking Wire. The Wire is a, an amazing television show. So, All right, cool. It's my favorite. Uh, hey, we, should do a, we should do actually a, a TV, uh, TV ranking sometime. Sure. We're, we're all back together. Uh, all right, we're going to skip the shit on the crib segment because uh, we love Andy, Andy Schletz 
at LaCribs on Twitter. So give him some love. Uh, we got some fucking answers. We got some fucking questions. Uh, Bryant and me, which is another soccer podcast that follows us. Hi, guys. Thanks for following us on Twitter. Hopefully you uh, listen to our fucking podcast. They're recording night two. Oh, my God. Z. Um, do you like the idea of an MLS return tournament? That's their question. I feel like we've been out. Yeah, yeah. We but we talked about it a little bit this week. We've been about it uh, a few weeks ago as well. I, like in principle, I am. Um, I think the tournament style will be good for MLS. I think it will give teams a reason to hate each other, and you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense necessarily to do in a league like uh, England, where you're going to play every team twice and you're going to have like a pretty solid you know historical hatreds built up and you know teams all have chance for like literally every other team down to league one but for MLS when so many of these franchises are new and there isn't the history and like the best joke you can make about LAFC is how they're like a knockoff Chivas which objectively they aren't except we all know that they totally are like this is one of those things that actually will give the league some bite and some history if it's done properly. If it's not, this will become just another Disneyland joke and the league will go on being very much what it was. But I, I'm cautiously optimistic. A, a Mickey Mouse league, if you will. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, short answer for me is yes. I like it. Uh, long answer for me is uh, that I just need more information and some of that information they couldn't provide to me, even if they, the MLS couldn't provide it, even if they wanted to, there's just so many unknowns. And so questions like, what are we playing for? You know, Corona is, cup. Is, is this the open cup, uh, CONCACAF champions league spot? You know, is this, um, in substitution of the MLS cup? Like, cause this is the only soccer we're going to have time for in MLS this year. Uh, what it, what what are the stakes and what are they playing for? And once those things kind of get answered, I'll have a, a much stronger opinion on it. David? I hate it. Okay. I fucking hate it. Blow it up. Just blow the entire season away. Like, why are we doing – why are we playing soccer without fans? Uh, we're not going to be playing soccer with fans until probably this time next year, at the earliest, maybe. Um why the fuck are we playing doing any sports with fans? Uh, that's my personal vendetta. I'm just going to say sports without fans, fucking blow. Do not do them ever. Period. David Kelly asks, what are some of the things you about MLS you wish would leak to the athletic? <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, so I'll take this one for a second. Um, the, the most recent uh, MLS proposal would save MLS owners $20 million in terms of salary stuff. Um, I don't think Bill McGuire or most MLS owners get out of their fucking bed for $20 million. If that is your, if that is your thing, holy fucking shit. I also hate most Americans. Because they side with owners instead of instead of players in this respect. So, so what what do you guys wish would leak to uh, the Athletic from MLS? Dan Grabber's salary. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's a lot of salary figures that'd be really nice to see. Um, for me, it's I, I want to see what the the league wide I want to see the league wide marketing plan uh, to know what they're intending to do. But I also want to see all of the league wide like that's em, emergency like memo to all teams re urgent. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see you know what things that they stepped into and said, okay, you have to do this, you can't do this, etc. Like, and part and parcel of that is, I want to see the contract with Adidas. I want to oh, see, I want to see if there, if there is what I think there is, which is a league-wide mandate against any interesting jerseys. Dan, that is the right answer. And then my, my sort of follow-up to that is like, what is the, what is their, their uh, contract negotiations that they're having with um, providers for broadcast right now because I mean everybody kind of knows it's a very open secret that like no one is negotiating with the local providers right now and they are MLS is working on a big contract for 2021 and what the fuck does that look like and like what, what were the documents that said please only extend your contract for one year or you know t- till this year or whatever I want to see the uh, yeah it's good um, I'll throw one more out there. The, the detailed uh, expansion plan. Yeah. Um, meaning like, okay, yes, on, on paper, we've released that these people are going to come in this year. This team's going to come in this year. But here's our backup plan to that. Here's our backup to that backup plan. And fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who's on Don Garber's uh, enemies list. Like shit list, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, like, that's, a, lo- that's a lot of people. That's, yeah. <laughs> One no, gigabyte not, Word not, document. <laughs> not the people that Don Garber is on their shit list. The, the other way. Yeah, exactly. That is also not a short list. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so Andy Schletz, speaking of Andy Schletz, asks, give me three musicians you'd like to exhume, bring back to your lab, revive, and have on the podcast. He gave us three. He said Sam Cook. C.V. Ravon and Amy Winehouse. He also said, P.S. I hate you. Um, you know what? Fuck you, Andy. You son of a bitch. Piece of shit. Anyways, um, do you have any uh, dead soccer fans you want to uh, revive? Wait, dead soccer fans or dead musicians? Dead musicians, but yeah, they could also be soccer fans. Uh, Sam Cook is a great shout. Um, I'm going to throw Freddie Mercury in there. Yes. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go composers. You know what? Bring me back Mozart. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Stole it out from under you. No, 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 no. I don't, I, I don't like Mozart. No, no, don't bring oh. that. <laughs> fuck you. What are you, are you a Salieri fan? No, I've, I need someone way more revolutionary and not neoclassical. So, um. <laughs> All right, MJ, who do you got? Um, I'm going to say, uh, bring back, uh, Chet Baker, bring back Miles Davis, bring back Charlie Parker. I'm jazz. I'm now really looking forward to the, uh, offshoot podcast we do where MJ and I just yell at each other about long dead composers. <laughs> Fuck you and Sajdakovich too. <laughs> you, you think this guy's a real Russian? Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you like John Cage, you dumb fuck. <laughs> 
All of these uh, jokes are extremely good if you like classical music. And if you don't, just trust me, they were all really good jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> suck, suck my dick, guys. Um, uh, Freddie Mercury is a good one. I'm going to go with Freddie Mercury. Uh, I also uh, going to go with Luciano Pavarotti. Right. He, I think he was an AC Milan fan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I swear to God, I thought you were about to say he was in ACDC. And then uh, I, I, I'm, I've never seen anything about his fandom, but, you know, John Lennon, so he's either a Liverpool or an Everton fan. Or he's no fa- John Lennon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be a, a, a Liverpool fan, but I, just, I think it'd be interesting to have a conversation with him and, and Pavarotti and uh, who's my first one? Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, yes. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Uh, anyways, uh, Hot Clouds asks, biggest surprise of the Bundesliga so far? Um, and then he asks, what did you think about the Athletic Soccer's League of Leagues? So we've already discussed that let's let's start let's guess what is the biggest bundesliga surprise for for you guys so far i hate to yeah. say it but hertha Berlin. i was literally just gonna say hertha Berlin. yeah 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 i think for me it's uh both i, I have been pleasantly surprised about how fun the league is to watch uh, but just how good Dortmund has been on the counter um they've they have looked incredibly good through their first two games so i'm i cannot wait for the dear classicer yeah, I, the only other thing I would say is like the fact that the uh, that it's three, five, and ten in terms of like like winning, drawing, losing at home, like that. There's such a bigger variance towards losing at home. Um, I think that's a big thing too. So I think that'll be interesting to watch over the course of the next few weeks as well. See if it levels out, or if it's actually if home field advantage is not um, the thing that we seem to think it is. So. And then finally, uh, this is an MJ question. Christian asked, uh, since leeks are to- a topic, does MJ Matsui have any good recipes that use leeks? Um, I responded to this question with a, the only recipe for leeks is throw your leeks in the garbage and use scallions, but MJ. <laughs> so this is a great question for me because I love puns and I love food. But my, my, what I like to do with leeks, um, especially in the wintertime, is you take some butter and flour and you make a roux and uh, you start uh, the leeks sweating in that roux really early on. And uh, then you add some potatoes and you add some pork, like let's say a ham shank and you make some potato leek ham soup. Why don't you just use scallions for that? Um, I, I like the leeks, both like the the size and the flavor that they give off over time. So you're not selling zeller on leeks here. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, if you want something stronger, you, uh, use a shallot. Don't don't use. I was gonna say yeah, or a shallot. Yeah, good, good yeah if you talk. want something stronger, I I like my shallots or uh, I like my scallions and green onions as as garnishes, not usually cooked in things. But. All right, so Christian, make make a stew. Apparently, is the answer to your. Share Leaks question. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you find the podcast. Uh, Davesiknow.com, patreon.com backslash Davesiknow, the Davesiknow.substack.com if you want our newsletter, which is really awesome. At TDIKMN on Twitter, I'm at Texas LR, Dan's at D Wade, MJ's at MJ Matsui, Bill, 
who will be back with us next week is at Phil underscore McGuire. Um, thank you guys. Uh, we've been the Dixie. You know this is the Greenman now, but we have got to try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.